Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane. We are doing live here on a Wednesday night this week, um, uh, 8.30 here tonight. Uh, we're live on X Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, as well as uh, Instagram. So folks, if you are joining us on any of those Streams, please, uh, first of all, welcome and please go ahead and throw your comments into the chat. We're very happy to have you tonight on a very special episode of Lombardi's Legends. We decided to switch things up. It wasn't just because of the news that came out earlier today. Uh, we actually did plan to do a different day this week, uh, just, uh, for some scheduling reasons. So Dane, thank you very much for your flexibility here tonight and i know we're just trying to get you up on the uh insta feed here so hopefully we can get you there and then i will turn it over to you because i've got lots of thoughts and i know you do as well when it comes to the news that we got earlier today on jair alexander's suspension so um you've been pretty consistent over the last couple of years and and your thoughts on Jair. So I, I want to get you online here as quickly as possible. I've got the invite over to you um, just to, to make sure we can get some comments from you. Wags, what's up? My daughter, Lennon, will not sleep. She says hello. Uh, I've got a three-year-old daughter. My wife is out to dinner, so I warn folks ahead of time that she might be joining tonight. Well, tell you um, what, Dane, why don't we give you a minute Yes. And I will go solo here for a little bit. We'll I don't know if you can see her you. on yeah. the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, hi, Lennon. And, and we're, we're happy to have her incorporated into the show as appropriate. So, um, Dane, I will give you a second if you need it. And um, we have the invite over to you on Instagram when you're ready to join. Um, but I will just start off with one, some of my own thoughts. Um, on the Jair uh, suspension, because I think this is important to to really highlight. You've been pretty consistent, Dane, over the last couple of years, as I just mentioned. Um, th that we've got that we've got um, um, some history going on here with Jair, and kind of probably more than just the fact that he decided to make himself a captain. Um, without telling coaches or any, I'm assuming maybe some of his teammates may have known, but, um, Jair just goes out there before the coin toss and takes charge, uh, doesn't consult with the coaches on whether they want to receive or kick the ball, um, which is a problem. And so it's not just that he kind of almost screwed up the coin toss as well because saying that they wanted to go on defense first. Uh, but it, it was the fact that he, just premeditated went out there um and that that's just not acceptable for a player to put himself above the team um there were other captains that had been nominated and chosen to be uh the, the leaders uh, for the game and uh, certainly without telling his coaching staff that he was going to go out there and do that that's that's not something that he can go out there and do so dane i'm going to let you give your thoughts on this because I, I saw a lot of, of folks. I was surprised actually how many folks uh, Packer fans were upset uh, by this move and, and felt, I understand it's, it's frustrating to lose a, a good player in a game of this magnitude, but I really thought that this was a no brainer. So Dane, were you surprised by that? And, and what are some of your thoughts on the suspension as well? Not surprised at all. And I couldn't agree more wags. I mean, I'll tell you what I, I Packers didn't suspend Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander suspended Jair Alexander. Okay, that's the deal. And and we got love for Jair, but the reality is this. Um, dude can't just go out and do that kind of stuff and then expect that there's not going to be repercussions for his actions, right? I mean, it doesn't work for me in my line of work. doesn't work for you in your line of work. Um, if you're going to do those types of things, then, you know, you might have to run into the the, the repercussions of it. I'm disappointed. And, and, and what my disappointment comes from is not Matt LaFleur or Goody or anybody else in making this decision because they kind of, their hands were forced to do this. My disappointment comes from 
um, a veteran, high-paid uh, defensive player determining that this was appropriate action. Um, I'm, I'm a little frustrated that it seems like, and it's remarkable to me that some of the youngest guys on this team, right? The first, second, third year guys, Jordan Love, Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins are the leaders. Meanwhile, we have guys that are high paid veteran dudes that just haven't been acting like veteran guys. And it's almost like there's an inverse going on. So I'm disappointed in Jair Alexander. Um, I get that folks are frustrated with LeFleur. I get that folks are frustrated that, um, that, that, that Joe Barry's still, uh, you know, employed by the team. I get all, but at the end of the day, you can't have your your premier cornerback going out there and doing what he did. Uh, it just it's 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 too much. That's not how we do things in Green Bay. That's not how anybody does things in any line of work. Um, so so am I frustrated that we don't have Jair Alexander uh, playing against Justin Jefferson on Sunday night? Absolutely. But I think Matt LaFleur has to look at the locker room and understand that he's not just coaching uh, for this year, right? Where this is a team that's kind of on the upswing. If I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm looking at 24, 25, 26. That's how I'm looking at this. And I can't hear have dudes like Carrington Valentine, right? And, or, or, you know, some of these younger guys that look at Jair and go, Hey, he's a veteran and say, Oh, I can do the things that, that, that Jair does. You've got to hold dudes accountable. And I believe and Wags, and then I want to hear your thoughts some more, but. There's a difference between not executing properly and there's a difference between actively going against what, um, and my, do- my daughter's pulling my, my hat off. They're uh, going actively against what the coaching staff wants to do. And that's where my frustration comes in. And that's what needs to be held accountable. So I am for Matt LaFleur doing this. And I'm glad that, uh, Jair Alexander, uh, you know, has been suspended based on what he did, uh, this past Sunday. All right. Very good. Well, I, Lennon, you're as much a part of this podcast now as anyone. So I don't know if she's going to have any thoughts on this, but Dane, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, what's, what's really interesting is, um, that we've got this. I'm not blaming last year and the year before with Aaron Rodgers as a de facto leader, but you have been consistent about the fact that we had a guy in Aaron Rodgers that you said he can't be bigger than the team. And maybe in some ways he was bigger than team. And now we've got a couple, not all of our veterans, but a couple of our veterans that maybe uh, haven't kept things as professional and in-house as what you would like them to do, or uh, some of, some of what they're doing is, is not above board. And so I, Dane, I'm going to mute you for a second. Um, so we're, we're going to look back, I think, and think about the fact that the organization suspended Jair Alexander. And you're absolutely right. This isn't just about this one game. We could definitely use Jair Alexander as, as much as he didn't have his best performance last week against Carolina. We could certainly use him out there on the field this week. But um, if if you have now some veterans that maybe they're taking a little bit of cue from what the locker room was like under Aaron Rodgers is the best player, and they're starting to act out a little bit because they think that's the way to get things done in Green Bay without an owner, um, and it's not. It's not how things are done. Um, and so they need to reset those expectations recalibrate and all of these young players that are on this roster right now, um, I, I think are getting a dose of reality to say, it doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter how good of a player you are. It doesn't matter what you've done, how high paid you are. Um, you need to put the team first and, uh, and that's what leadership is all about. And so at, at this point, I, I think a lot of folks, well, they're going to lose the locker room. The players will naturally side with Jair. I'd be surprised, honestly, uh, even those that are really close to Jair, uh, if more than a couple of players are are against this decision. I, I, I actually think most players get it and are probably going to say, yeah, that was dumb. You shouldn't have done that. And yeah, what did you expect to happen? I, I think players like accountability. I think players in the NFL respond to accountability. And as much as they would love to have Jair out there, the teammate, because of the talent and and what he's done, uh, I think most of the guys on the team are actually going to say, no, 
uh, this is a good thing. And they're going to feel that uh, there's growth as a team to be able to have from this. And so uh, I think uh, this is more than just about this week. And I'm so glad that the, the coaching staff and the front office collaborated and, and made this decision independent of all of the concerns, as you pointed out, that the Packers might have and fans might have with the accountability of, of the defensive coaching staff at this point in time. Spot on wags. And, you know, like, yes, it's a youthful team, but the reality is this, these dudes have been playing ball for their whole life, right? These guys have been playing since fourth grade, most of them. And, and I, you know, th- frankly, I'll, I'll just put it, Jair acted like a middle schooler, right? Doing that kind of crap. That's not the kind of stuff that, 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 that should really be happening. I think at the national football league level. So um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that dudes are just going to respond better to LaFleur. They understand that that's not how this league works. Yeah, for sure. And Dane, I'm highlighting a comment here from Wayne in our Facebook chat. Uh, he says, I saw the whole scenario of Jair Alexander's suspension. And I got to tell you, I can't find words of how disappointed I am with him. Uh, yeah, Wayne, I think that's a pretty common sentiment. Uh, from a lot of Packer fans, uh, is it, I I will say, um, as I said earlier, I was a little bit surprised uh, how many comments, uh, and maybe it's just from younger fans. I don't know um, uh, of Packer fans saying this is ridiculous. I can't believe they suspended him for this game. Just give him a fine. It's no big deal. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's more than just the action in a vacuum. You've got to look at what the intent was and how that's undercutting. Um, the rest of the, the players, the coaching staff and the organization as a whole. And, um, and I think there is more to what's been going on here. And this might, that might have just been a culmination of events that we had, uh, with Jair Alexander. We've been saying for a couple months now that there seems to be some smoke here with him. Um, so we can't speculate on that, but coach and floor almost uh, kind of tacitly acknowledged that. There was more to this than just the fact that he went out there and, and did what he did on Sunday. So um, so I think that's uh, the first acknowledgement we've had from anyone in the organization that uh, Jair seems to uh, be, if nothing else, uh, not on the same page uh, with some folks behind the scenes. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I was surprised by that. Today. Maybe not shocked, but I was surprised that LaFleur admitted to that. I mean, I, I, I don't have the exact quote from what Coach LaFleur said, but he said something along the lines of like, it wasn't just this, right, or something like that. Um, it, 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 so, so I mean, I think that's telling. And, and Wags, I, I've got to think we've talked about this. I, I know you mentioned it. We've talked about this a fair amount. That um, you know, there seems to be more going on here. So it, it's just it's disappointing. Now, here's the here's the um, here's the silver lining to all this. This Packers defense has won a heck of a lot of football games without Jair Alexander this year. Um, and, and, and I think that, um, you know, Carrington Valentine has played really good football for the Packers as a young corner. I think he's the future at cornerback for this Packers team. Eric Stokes, second week back going into this week. And I think he's just going to be kicking the rust off. And, and, and then uh, Corey Valentine, right? Who's played really good football as well most of the season. So uh, is it, is it too bad that Jaws not out there? Absolutely. But it, it, does this a death sentence for this Packers defense? Absolutely not. I think that this is going to be a really trying and interesting week for this Packers team. Uh, but what a hell of a week, right? These are two seven and eight football teams, Vikings and the Packers. Uh, Packers heading down to Minnesota or up to Minnesota on, on Sunday night on New Year's Eve. And, and I'll tell you what, game on as far as I'm concerned. I wish Ja was out there. Uh, but, but he chose not to be here. As far as I'm concerned, I stand with this coaching staff and now it's, it's let's go win a couple of games and make the playoffs and see what this Packers team's made of because, um, this is a young team. It's a talented team and I want to see what they can do, uh, uh, come Sunday night without Jair Alexander, maybe, you know, push their nose at, at the, the national media right now and surprise an awful lot of people with a win. Yeah, uh, we're getting some comments here on our Instagram chat. Uh, I love the way that Valentine has been playing. Um, and, uh, uh that's uh, another follow up comment that we, we'd be a lot better if, if we, uh, we, we did just fire Joe Barry. Uh, maybe that would have been the shot in the arm. I, I, that's, that's, that's a different Fair. conversation than the one <laughs> we're having about, uh, about Jair Alexander. But the fact is, is that Jair, 
and I, 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 I'm forgetting who made the comment at Packers reporters today. Um, so I, I wish I could give them credit, but it's a really good one. Uh, Jair suspension. That's not a performance issue. That was a off field. And, and yes. technically I know it happened on field, but you get the point. That was not a, he didn't play well and we're suspending him, uh, which is basically what we're talking about with uh, Joe Barry or any member of the coaching staff. If they don't perform well in their duties and they have a bad game, that's not something that is necessarily going to instantly cause accountability. Although with Joe Barry, I think we're all there, that there's been enough uh, that's happened that that we're, we're ready to have accountability there. Um, but it is a different situation. And, and with the players, you've got to keep that in line. And, and certainly the accountability was badly needed. So with that, Dane, why don't we go into the injury report and, and talk about uh, some of the impacts that we might seeing with this week's game. Um, even though the injury report isn't really all that much shorter than it's been the last few weeks, uh, I feel like we're getting healthier and getting some good news on the injury report. So um, a couple of things I, I just think are, are worth mentioning here today, Dane. We only had two guys that didn't practice. Um, Elton Jenkins and Devondre Campbell were the only two guys, um, or I'm sorry, um, technically Christian Watson did not practice as well, uh, but um, he was uh, out there on the field stretching. And so um, I, I think we could see a ramp up. Christian Watson practiced in a limited capacity late last week. And uh, there, there was uh, some good indications uh, that they felt like he was coming along pretty well. Um, so I would not be surprised to see Christian Watson out there practicing in some capacity tomorrow. Uh, Elton Jenkins has been giving, getting Wednesdays off every week for about the last month. Uh, so no, no real concern there. And, uh, of course, we've got Luke Musgrave. Uh, that uh, was uh, pr a participant in practice today uh, after get having his lacerated kidney. And uh, so that's something that I don't know if he will play this week, Dane, but I think that's worth closely monitoring. It's a little bit different than a typical injury uh, that you have guys coming back from where maybe there's a muscle or, you know, something else that's going on. It's a significant injury. I don't want to downplay it, but if he's clear to practice, then, you know, then clearly what uh, the lacerated kidney issue, he's healthy enough to be out there. Uh, so that begs the question, could this be a fast ramp up period? And maybe we see Luke Musgrave out there as early as Sunday night. Um, so that's exciting to think about. I don't want to get our hopes up too far, uh, but certainly the fact that he's out there and with the nature of the injury that he had. Um, so all in all, Dane, I, I think some really positive news on the injury report and, and, and Darnell Savage was out there practicing as well. So, um, so this could be, you know, some, some guys coming back this week and, and, uh, Dane, I'm, I'm curious what stands out to you when you're looking at that injury report? Cause the Vikings, uh, are when they're going the opposite direction and they're all beat up, uh, and Packers seem to be getting healthier at just the right time. Wags, it's Luke Musgrave. I mean, dude, how how can we not love Luke Musgrave? Luke, come on the podcast. We love you, dude. Because um, you know, the lacerated kidney and and, and our guy here, um, you know, he's saying I, I read a quote last week that he said something along the lines of that, you know, it still hurts, but you know, I can play through pain. And and like let, let's talk about that. Somehow the Packers seem to have landed two stud tight ends in this last draft. I mean, the, the tight end position in the NFL uh, normally takes a few weeks or excuse me, a few seasons to, to really step up and, 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 you know, make an impact. And somehow both um, Musgrave and Kraft have been really, really good. So that's the one that really stands out to me in Wags. I don't actually know the rules of um, the suspension if the Jair Alexander suspension opens up a roster spot this week for the Packers or not. Um, but that's really what I was looking at. Cause I know it's, it's, um, it's Musgrave, it's um, Tenuta. And I, I, and forgive me, I forget who the, the third dude is um, that's been on the IR. Oh, Emmanuel Wilson. That would be open for, um, for the, um, you know, to, to, to potentially come off the, um, the injury report here this week. Um, but I'm not sure if, if that opens up anything for them, but I'll tell you what, um, Luke Musgrave really, really sticks out to me. And then of course, how could it not, um, uh, Christian Watson, if Christian Watson's able to come back wags for these last couple of weeks, he just adds another dimension, I think, to this offense for this Green Bay Packers team. He was really, really blowing up, uh, before the injury and it'd just be really exciting to see 
if uh, if Christian Watson could get back before the end of the season. And you said it. So, you know, the, the Packers seem to be trending the right way uh, from the injury report perspective. And then I look at this Minnesota Vikings injury report and and I just there there's a number of dudes there uh, on, on their side of things that seem banged up and no bigger name that I can think of uh, than Jordan Addison. The, the wide receiver who's been an absolute stud for them, rookie wide receiver, and um, did not practice this week. And Wags, what do you make of that injury? Um, because uh, Jefferson obviously is back, and he is um, suspect number one for this Packers defense. But uh, TJ Hawkinson already on the IR um, for, with a MCL and ACL injury. So he's done for the season after last week, which is a huge blow as far as I'm concerned. Uh, to this Minnesota Vikings offense. But now if Addison also, for some reason, is unable to go, I do think it truly limits what this Vikings offense can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. And I was just looking up, Dane. Um, I don't I don't know if this is 100% true, but it looks like uh, players that are suspended um, don't count on the roster limit. Okay. Uh, but that might be semantic. So I'm sure we'll find out here in the next couple of days, um, whether that, but it's officially putting Jair on the reserve suspended list. It makes me think that that would open up a, a 53 man roster spot just for this week. Um, so that is definitely something worth keeping an eye on as well. Um, so Dean, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the impact, uh, the Vikings injuries because, um, they announced that, um, TJ Hawkinson, as you just said, is, is out for the season. Uh, pretty significant injury with torn ACL. And then, um, uh, they've got some other guys that are, are pretty beat up. Uh, Jordan Addison, uh, got hurt, uh, was not able to return to the game last week with an ankle injury. Uh, and he did not practice today. Uh, so, and, and certainly, um, you know, they've got some other, other folks that are, are listed here as uh, potential uh, folks to keep an eye on as well, um, particularly in the secondary. Uh, they're real beat up. Um, they've got some injuries. They've got some illnesses. Um, so that might just be a Wednesday thing, but uh, will be something that we'll have to continue to monitor because um, not only could we be getting healthier with a potential return of Luke Musgrave this week. It looks like Jaden Reed uh, probably will play. He's already out there practicing uh, today. Dontavian Wicks, uh, after leaving uh, early on Sunday, was able to practice today. So uh doesn't guarantee that they'll be healthy and ready to go Sunday night. But I, I, I got to tell you, a young player comes back out and practices on Wednesday usually means they're going to be available by Sunday night. So um, I think that's real encouraging there. Uh, and then even if we don't get Christian Watson back this week, uh, that's going to be a much, much healthier uh, receiving core uh, at both wide receiver and tight end potentially for Jordan Love this week against a beat up Viking secondary. Um, so uh, that could be just what the doctor ordered. I, I know we're not rooting for injuries um, of our opposing team, but fact of the matter is the Packers are, are in a do or die situation. And that's just what happens. That's life in the NFL. We've had our share of injuries. And if the Vikings are a little bit beat up and we're getting a little bit healthier, um, that's an advantage for the Packers this week. Uh, definitely something to monitor and keep an eye on. Wags, so we talk about injury. Uh, maybe the biggest injury to this Vikings team, it, it was one that happened a few weeks ago, and that's with, um, with, with the quarterback, with Kirk Cousins, no longer being in, uh, you know, able to go this season with the torn Achilles. So since the Kirk Cousins injury, we've seen a revolving door. Uh, from them. It, it's been Joshua Dobbs, who they traded uh, with Arizona for. It's been Nick Mullins. They had Jaron Call. This week, uh, the, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings said, you know, any number, of the, any one of those three could potentially go. Um, to me, that's what I'm circling is, you know, who is the quarterback this week? Does it matter? So A, who's the quarterback? B, does it matter who the quarterback is? Um, and, and see how is this Packers defense that's had some really tough struggles against some pretty poor quarterback play um, this season. You know, how are they going to be able to compete against whoever the quarterback is? So I got to ask you right off the bat, who do you think the quarterback is? B doesn't matter. C, how does Joe Barry attack whoever the heck this quarterback group is? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't mean, Dane, to to be glib about it, but it really doesn't matter. We played three, honestly, three below to well below quarterbacks the last three weeks, and we've just been lit up. So it's really more about the Packers and what they're doing on defense to try to disrupt or figure out what the heck they've been doing wrong. Uh, and it starts with, it starts with getting pressure, which I thought that they did a better job of overall, although the second half, they didn't get nearly as much pressure as I would have liked to see it on Bryce Young. Um, they've been trying to change up some of their coverages to a certain extent. Um, I, I don't know if last week was the right time to do that. I, I get that you had Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander back out there. So the temptation is, well, with those guys, you should be able to play more man coverage. Uh, but neither of them, I don't think, looked fully 100% is a kind way of putting it uh, quite yet. I, I'm hopeful, as you said earlier, that Eric Stokes now with two games in the books uh, in his return can can really hit uh, his normal stride here this week because we could sure use him uh, to be playing at that level that he had played at previously before all his injuries the last season or so. So, um, But, Dane, I, I will say this. What the Vikings are going to try to do is, I think, pretty similar to what um, opposing teams have been doing uh, that we've, we've seen, really, the last month. And that's going to be attack the short middle of the field. Um, they've been getting just completely exposed at, at that second level. And uh, whether they're in zone, whether they're in man coverage, uh, the crossing routes have been become a huge problem again for the Packers. Uh, so it's just basic uh, coverage, uh, communication and drops uh, have been a real problem. Um so it, I'm not sure if Devondre Campbell will be back this week. I don't think that really matters too much. The fact of the matter is, is that this Packer second, uh, the coverage unit, both the, the linebackers and defensive back groups need to really get on the same page. Now, TJ Hawkinson not being an equation might matter, but, uh, at the same time, if they don't figure out a way to be able to cover up guys, I don't care who's out there. Um, they're getting open in the soft spots of this defense. Uh, that's going to make no matter who starts that quarterback look better than they should. Um, so they're going to have to, they've had no answers. I don't, I don't have a high degree of confidence, Dane, that this will be the week that, uh, the Packers defensive coaching staff figures out what those answers are. Uh, but I'm hopeful. I, I'm still going to remain hopeful. Uh, that's not going to change my stance on what I think they need to do with Joe Barry uh, after this season, whenever that season does come to an end. But I am hopeful that they're able to figure out enough, just enough uh, for the defense, because I'm very confident in the talent that we have, um, especially if Darnell Savage is coming back this week. Uh, I think that could be a, a real lift for this secondary on the backside of the defense. Um, I thought Quay Walker played pretty well. Uh, he He needs to, do a little bit better in coverage. Um, I thought McDuffie was an improvement in some ways, uh, especially in the run defense over uh, what Devonda Campbell gave us two weeks ago. Uh, but we still need our li- our inside linebackers uh, to play better in coverage as well. So um, it's going to take drastic measures for this defense to to look better than it did the last three weeks. Um, so Dane, I I say it doesn't matter who the quarterback is; they're making quarterbacks look way better than they need to. Tommy DeVito was NFC player of the offensive player of the week. And two weeks later, he was benched um, after playing the Packers. So I think that says it all, uh, frankly, uh, when you look at uh, the stats that uh, quarterbacks are putting up, um, you know, Bryce Young, again, by far his best game of the season against the Packers. Um, same with Baker Mayfield. So these guys are not, you know, they're not even top 15 quarterbacks in this league. Uh, so we're, we're not even talking about top five, top 10 quarterbacks. These are lower half to much lower of the half of the league, uh, starting quarterbacks when you talk about Tommy DeVito in particular. So, um, so that's kind of what the Vikings have. And, uh, so I'm not going to sit here and say that Packers have a huge advantage when they, when we've seen what they've been going up against the last three weeks. 
Wags, I got to ask, number one, do you think that Isaiah McDuffie should be starting over Devondre Campbell? I'll just put my name on it. I think he should be. I think that he's been better than Campbell over the last season or so. Um, So not only this year, but kind of near the tail end of last year. So I want to hear your thoughts on that because I just think the defense looks more aggressive and more sure. Uh, for lack of a better term, um, when, when, when Isaiah McDuffie's been out there and, and, and then B, were you surprised, um, that, um, um, I'm trying to think, um, that, that, that Rudy Ford was healthy and was unable to go or didn't go, um, this, this last week and that, uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. uh, got the start number 36 at safety, the undrafted rookie, uh, next to, uh, Jonathan Owens with Savage injured. Um, were you, were you surprised by that or do, do you, do you get what they're doing? Cause I thought that Johnson Jr. had a bit of a struggle, uh, this week, this past week, um, there. So I'm just kind of curious your take there. Um, to answer your second question, I was a little bit surprised, but Johnson has started a couple of games this year before that, um, due to some of the injuries. Yeah, it wasn't his best game, but I thought he was fine. I'm not sure that we ever really got an answer on, on what, what factored that decision, um, and why it was that he was, uh, the one starting, but, um, perhaps we'll see this week. If Savage is able to go, if that's something that continues, but if Savage is able to go, I expect it to be him and Jonathan Owens uh, starting at safety this week. Um, so we'll we'll certainly see if that bears out. Um, as far as the the answer to your first question, um, I honestly, I, I I guess I would say McDuffie, but here's the thing. I'm not really sure what's going on with Devondre Campbell when it comes to a health or an injury standpoint. Um, he's, he's been dinged up all season as well. So it's similar in some ways to what we were dealing with with Jair Alexander on an injury or a health stand front. Now, Devondre, obviously we talked a little bit about him last week. Um, and how he was one of the, fir- he was, he was the precursor. Uh, to the Jair issue. Now he didn't get suspended, um, and nor did I think he should have been just for his comments on Twitter, but that's another example of veteran. And we said he's got to keep that in house and got to know better. Well, Devondre speaks out and says that he was hurt and he was frustrated. Clearly, uh, met with coach LaFleur, had a discussion about that. He didn't practice last week, didn't play, isn't out there practicing again, uh, earlier today. So, if he, it's a moot point if he's hurt and he's not going to go out there and play. Um, but I, I'm also not sure how to interpret that is, is that this is just a guy that is mailing it in and he doesn't want to play. He's a little dinged up or is there, so is there more going on with that? And I don't mean to question a guy if he's hurt, but he did go out there and play. So he was cleared and healthy enough to play, but then he's making that the reason why he didn't play as well as he should. Um, so I, I don't know. I just don't think you can have it both ways. And everybody's a little bit dinged up at this point in the season uh, in the NFL. Um, and so that's a tough one for me because I, I, it's, it's, it's really very individual. You don't know what's going on with, with a player's body. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit different. It's an, it's a matter of degrees. Um, but I will say this, a fully healthy Devondre Campbell is probably still a better player than Isaiah McDuffie is. Um, that said, I think what McDuffie's given the defense over the course of this season by far surpasses anything that Devondre Campbell's done this season. So um, in that respect, I would probably agree with you and say, let's ride this out with McDuffie. I'm not sure uh, Campbell's going to be in a long-term uh, plans of the Packers, regardless of what happens. So it's going to be certainly going to be interesting to see, um, if, if, uh, the Packers are able to, uh, comb things over, uh, or smooth things over with Devondra Campbell, or if, if things are going to change, um, and he's able to get back out there on the field this week. So, uh, Dane, I lost you on our Instagram feed. So I think I might just shut that down. Seem to be having some troubles with that. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm having some, I'm having some back Wi-Fi here. Um, do you have any more comments or any other thoughts, um, as far as any of the injuries are concerned with the Packers? 
No, no, no other comments on the injuries. I mean, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I like the matchup against this Minnesota Vikings team. It's going to be a heck of a game. It's New Year's Eve. Um, it, it's going to be, it's huge, right? I mean, Wags, this is an elimination game, right? For, for the Packers or the Vikings, the, the way it's, it's coming down. The Packers win the next two games. They're, uh, the odds I saw are 95%. Uh, that the Packers make the playoffs, which if you asked me before this or probably asked you right before the season started, um, you know, if the Packers were able to to make the playoffs this year, I'd say that's a huge success for the season. So um, it, it's going to be it's a massive game, but it starts here. So, um, you know, injury report aside, I, I want to see Jordan Love attack against this Minnesota Vikings defense. So, I mean, where do you see, um, you, we, we talked a little about the injury report and that's a huge part of this, right? Is, um, can we get Devonte or, uh, um, um, can we get Wicks back? Can we potentially get, um, Watson back? Can we get, obviously Jane Reed, all these guys coming back, um, do, do you think that that is the biggest impact that this offense can have? Because legs, I'll tell you what, we haven't seen Aaron Jones with all these young wide receivers that much this year. It seems like it's been the, it's been these talented wide receivers or Aaron Jones. This could be a week where it starts to really come together where we have a little bit of everything. And I just, I want to see what this Packers offense can do against this Minnesota Vikings defense. Yeah. It's a very exciting prospect. Um, Vikings defense has been pretty good, but it's been a little up and down, I would say over the second half of this season. Um, especially with, I think, some of the injuries that they've had. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers choose to attack them. But I think I would start with trying to just sling it. It's similar to the game plan that we saw against Detroit and against Kansas City. Let's see if we can get Jordan Love in a rhythm. Um, let's see if we can get some of these young guys involved in the game early on. And um, as you said, We've got a lot of options to go to. Uh, what we were seeing from Aaron Jones last week is exactly why highlights why he's so important to this offense. Uh, I mean, he's making runs, and I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. He's making runs that he's able to find just a little bit of wiggle room that A.J. Dillon's going down after three yards. It just, I'm sorry, but that's just fact. Um, and he's, he's ripping off nine, 10, 11, and even that long 30 plus yard Huge run. run. Um, I, you know, and maybe AJ does break through that. I, I don't want to like question his ability to break tackles or get out into the open field, but, um, it's just a matter of how he sets up his blockers and has just a sliver hits the hole and is able to get to that next level. That's a, a huge dynamic and something that, um, I think if you're able to soften up, uh, the Vikings, uh, pass defense a little bit and then show, Hey, you've got to respect that. That just makes Aaron Jones life that much easier because now you can't stack the box trying to slow down the Packers' run game. Um, and, oh, by the way, uh, if Musgrave is able to go, I know you mentioned that we haven't necessarily had Aaron Jones and healthy uh, wide receivers. Um, we haven't really had uh, healthy, healthy young tight ends with any of those. And for that matter, uh, I'm not sure that you could say that we've had Musgrave and Kraft playing really well mm-hmm. together because – Kraft has come along slowly, but it, um, the silver lining of Musgrave's injury is that he was thrust into a larger role and he's really come on he's a ton yeah. in the last four to six weeks. It's not that he had no role in the offense before Musgrave got hurt, uh, but clearly, so I'm excited to see if Musgrave is able to go this week. How are those two able to complement each other, uh, given how well Tucker Kraft's been playing and we know what Luke Musgrave can do? So, uh, lots of puzzle pieces to fit together, but that's a good problem to have. Um, and even if Christian Watson can't go this week, I'm really excited by all of the multidimensional ways, uh, that Coach LaFleur on this offense can figure out how to attack this Vikings defense and try to continue to have some success moving the football offensively. Yeah, Wags, and I, I look at this um, this Vikings defense, and I and I, I couldn't agree more. Sling the ball, right? I, you know, Harrison Smith has long been a, a, a veteran presence for Minnesota, a really talented safety, but largely Wags, um, Byron Murphy Jr. and 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 Evans over there, and Pat Jones. I I like the matchup this week. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough playing the Minnesota Vikings. It's tough playing a, a division foe. 
Um, and, and and where I'm circling though, if if we're passing the ball an awful lot, is uh, Daniel Hunter. He's been a guy, he and Jordan Hicks, but particularly Daniel Hunter. Hunter's been a guy he's been able to really get after the, the quarterback this year, uh, especially over the last like 10 or so games. So I'm, I'm circling our tackles. Zach Tomwags has been really, really good at right tackle for the Packers, but also Rasheed Walker has come on over the last, I'd say five or six weeks and played some really good football. Uh, it's It's been really impressive to see. So I'd love to see this Packers offensive line continue to um, hold up against these pass rushers. But even if they're not able to entirely, it comes back to Jordan Love. Jordan Love has proven, I think, time and again this year, uh, with this Packers team that he can win football games for the Packers. And for some reason, Wags, some guys just have that it late in the game. And Jordan Love seems to, I don't want to speak too soon. It's an early in his career, but he has been able to, to put together some really impressive drives at critical junctures in games. He's a guy who's just kind of got that steady hand. Um, so, so going into the fourth quarter this week, right? I hope it's not that close, but what I will say is I have a lot of trust in Jordan Love. And dare I say, I hope Matt LaFleur continues to put the ball in Jordan's hands. I want to see him be able to try to win games um, with that ball in his hands, but I, I couldn't agree more. Looking at the matchups this week, I want to see these, uh, Packers receivers be able to get in space. These tight ends push up the field. Um, I'm circling that tight end group, but particularly Tucker Craft this week against Minnesota. I just don't think that they have the matchups to really be able to hang with, with a talented tight end. Um, so that's what I'm looking at this week is Tucker Craft to tight end wags. I think that he could really, really find some soft spots against this Minnesota Vikings defense. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is uh, obviously we talked a lot early in the season about Christian Watson and the vertical threat not really getting on target. And the way that Jordan Love has gotten going, they really still don't have a vertical uh, you know, uh, component to this Good offense point. yet. Uh, certainly – They've, you know, Dontavian Wicks is someone that stretches the field to a degree at times, and but it's been stretching it with more that um, intermediate to long intermediate uh, routes where you're looking in that 15 to 20 yard range and then yards after catch um, where they've been doing most of the damage. Uh, and that's a really important uh, component to any offense being successful when you're passing the football. Um, probably maybe the most important component because those are higher percentage throws, uh, but you're not just throwing everything underneath or checking down all the time. Uh, but the other part of that is, as you going back full circle to talking about Aaron Jones, is uh, as we talk about starting with the pass and really trying to get Jordan in the rhythm, um, I think. We saw Aaron Jones has had a last week had a a drop that he should have caught. He's had a couple of those this season, but I I think he is someone that can be so dynamic as we know, not only as a runner, but as a pass receiver. And so if we can get some of those intermediate to longer intermediate, uh, uh, pass completions going, uh, then all of a sudden, not just as a runner, uh, but as a receiver out of the backfield, Aaron Jones brings another dynamic and another uh, weapon that can just get chunks of yardage for this offense and really cover up a lot of uh, things. Uh, if you have a breakdown or you don't have the best play called, uh, you know, going over to Aaron Jones in the flat, he makes one guy miss and they're having to cover deeper downfield. All of a sudden he gets a 10 or 15 yard gain on a play that, uh, that's not really your primary option. So Aaron Jones, uh, as a receiver, I think has been, um, a component that's really missed from the offense pretty much the whole season going back to uh, week one is the last time we've talked about Aaron Jones really as a receiver when he's been healthy enough to contribute at that level. Um, so I think that could be a big part of the offensive game plan this week as well. Wags, anything else that you can think of? I, I, I just, I, you know, we know this Vikings team, right? The and I couldn't agree more. By the way, I don't know if I said this, but uh, uh, about the quarterback, the quarterback doesn't matter for Minnesota this week because this Vikings de- or this Packers defense has been so darn bad um, against 
bad quarterbacks over and over and over. I think I saw a stat earlier today. I think there's like five or six quarterbacks that the Packers have lost to that have now been benched. Uh, the Atlanta quarterback, right? Like you start to go down the list. Now Russell Wilson's been benched. You start to go on the list and it's, it's really, really frustrating. So I, I couldn't agree more that this quarterback situation doesn't really matter. I'm just, I, it's almost like our individual stars and our individual talent needs to overcome poor game planning. And that's not great, but I think that that's the reality that we're facing it yet again this week is like, can Rashawn Gary just be better uh, than the offensive line for the Vikings and the defensive scheme be damned? Can we win the game that way? And I, it's pathetic that that's kind of where we're at at this point, but that does feel like a little bit of what the situation that we're dealing with right now is. Yeah. Um, one thing that we didn't highlight that's uh, a tradition every time we um, talk about uh, a matchup uh, between the Vikings and the Packers is is Kenny Clark um, going. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, uh, Dan. Thank I, you. <laughs> I, I, we have to always have to talk about uh, <laughs> Kenny Clark uh, in his matchup against uh, Garrett Bradbury. So um, Kenny Clark, I think, has been playing pretty good uh, football the last couple of weeks. I thought he had a really solid game last week. Um, I thought Preston Smith had a really good game last week. Um, so there was some some good things coming out of the defense last week, even in some of those struggles uh, in the fourth quarter, especially. But um, uh, that could be another key matchup to keep an eye on. We always talk about it every time Packers play the Vikings last few seasons. Uh, so if it's another big week for Kenny Clark up the middle, that could be real trouble uh, for the Vikings with whoever they have at quarterback, because uh, we know that that could be, that could be something that, you know, that's, that's what forces turnovers and the Packers haven't gotten many turnovers on the defensive side uh, the last couple of weeks, but that, that could be something that could flip the script a little bit this week as well. Can I just talk about how bad the Vikings are? I, Wags, I just dislike the Vikings so much. And I'll tell you what, I, I'll say one thing that I, I was really impressed by the trade to get Dobbs from, uh, by the Vikings. Uh, you know, it was a low risk move. I think they traded a six round pick or something for the guy. Uh, but it's so classic Minnesota, right? This is a Vikings team that they trade for this young dude who, who's looked really good for a few weeks, doesn't know the playbook, right? Dude just like shows up play some good games and then he you know has some tough games and the Vikings just start pulling the plug out. It's such classic Minnesota. If I had to choose, I don't want to face Dobbs because I think he actually could be a good quarterback in this league or at least, you know, a guy who can win some football games. But it's just classic Minnesota. So so bring it on if it's Mullins or the other I don't know what's the other guy's name? The other guy. That's what I'm calling him this week. Uh I just like bring it on, but I hope the Packers bring pressure and try to hit the quarterback. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, it's again, I don't think it's going to matter who the quarterback is. Packers just have to play better. Right. <laughs> Regardless. Communicate. Uh, so. Right. Like actually yeah. like, yeah, determine what's going on out there. I agree. Yeah. All right, Dane. Uh, I think it's time. Let's get to Let's our hear. leap vodka X factors of the week score predictions of the week. So folks, if you're still with us here, go ahead and throw those. Uh, predictions in the chat. We'll highlight some of them before we close out here. But um, Leap Vodka is uh, our um, sponsor with uh, X Factors every week. Uh, we're so uh, proud to be sponsored by them. And um, of course, we just celebrated Leroy Butler's 30th anniversary of the Lambo Leap this past week. So I think that's really worth uh, highlighting and folks, if you want to celebrate the Lambo leap this week, what better way to do it than with leap vodka, uh, as part of your New Year's Eve Sunday night football celebration. So enjoy leap vodka all day Sunday. Uh, just make sure you can make it all the way to Sunday night and, and maybe a little bit after New Year's, uh, to, to in your celebration. So Dane, I'm going to let you kick that off this week. Who do you have as uh, your offensive X factor this week for the Packers? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Dontavian Wicks, uh, wide receiver, uh, coming back, I think, uh, out of injury. Dude's been just battling through injuries all year long, it seems like. Uh, but some guys, I feel like, with an injury don't perform well. Wicks just 
shows up, right? So he's going to be the guy this week. I really like the matchup against this Minnesota Vikings defense, Wags. I think that Jordan Love's going to need to, um, you know, stretch the field a little bit. He's going to need uh, a guy who can move the chains. And, you know, Dontavian Wicks, move the sticks Wicks, is going to be our guy this week. Or maybe, um, you know, another six for Wicks, whatever we want to say it. But Wicks is our guy. Um, I think that he's been phenomenal this year. I think that he can be a real ball player in this league. Uh, he already is proving that he can be, but this is a huge week, right? Uh, again, win and you're sticking around, lose and you're out. Um, let's 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 move the chains a ton this week. And I, Wicks got a touchdown last week. I'd like to see him get another one or two this week. So Jordan Love and Wicks clearly have some good rapport going on. So Dontavian Wicks is going to be my leap vodka X factor this week, week 17 in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great selection. I am tempted, as always, to go with Jaden Reed, but we're going to switch it up a little bit. And I hope we get Luke, Luke Muxgrave back this week. But even if we do, I'm going to stick with Tucker Craft as my X Factor this week. Um, I think if he can uh, make, continue to make contributions uh, the way that he has been, um, that takes a lot of pressure off this offense, especially we can – um, I would assume if, if Musgrave is back, he will be on a pitch count and we can utilize him very situationally. Uh, so I think, uh, Kraft could be someone that could again benefit heavily from being part of this offensive game plan. Um, but, um, I think there could be some attention drawn away from him, quite honestly, even though he's put on some tape now, uh, the last few weeks. Um, now it's Aaron Jones is out there. We saw A.J. Dillon was able to come back after missing one game last week. Um, and if we've got Wicks and Reed and potentially Watson coming back in the wide receiver core, um, uh, not to mention, obviously, Romeo Dobbs has been doing. Um, we didn't mention kudos to Bo Mountain for his performance last week. Yeah, uh, good point. And, He's and awesome. We've gotten, we've gotten contributions uh, from from other guys, uh, certainly Heath and, and uh, Samari Toure. Uh, we're getting a bunch of snaps as well. So that said, I think Kraft, he's just a load to bring down. And I think the Packers have found something. If they can use him in, in some of the, the uh, play action, waggle looks, uh, he's one-on-one. There's a lot of times if he's not out running uh, the guy that's covering him, he's going to try to run him over. For sure. Apparently, he's going to try to hurdle Jump guys. Over. <laughs> so, um, it, it, either way, he's doling out punishment and he's able to, to make some impact plays. So, um, I think that could continue this week against the Vikings. And so, for that reason, I've got Tucker Kraft as my offensive X Factor. Great selection, man. We got, how can we not love him when we drafted him? Right. He was a dude that was wearing, we saw a picture of him smoking a cigar wearing a cowboy hat uh, in the locker room after a window. We we're like, that's our guy. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, Wags defensive. Uh, this is, this has been the sus- suspect group all year long. Um, who you got as your defensive, um, leap vodka X factor this week? Well, it's a guy that I don't even 100% know if he's going to play. And uh, so I'm going to go um, with Darnell Savage. Mm. And I'll tell you what, if he's able to go and this Packer defense looks even a semblance better, that's going to be a real pepper in the cap of Darnell Savage because uh, they've been getting decimated. They were able to cover it up earlier this season when Savage missed a few games with injury. And I'm not saying that the fact that Savage wasn't out there is the reason why this Packer defense has struggled. Um, or the fact that Devondre Campbell has been missing and came back when maybe he was still hurt or whatever. There's lots of reasons. Um, all I'm saying is if Darnell Savage is able to play this week and is able to make a positive contribution on this defense and it helps this defense just hold things together uh, with duct tape or, you know, bailing wire or however you want to say it. Um, I'm not expecting the Packers to go out there and pitch a shutout all of a sudden this week. But that said, um, I think Darnell Savage will look back after this game. If the, if the defense does perform uh, better and, and plays well enough, I think uh, he's going to be a big reason why. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Darnell Savage as an X factor this week. 
I, I, I totally get that. I love that. I'm going to stick with the defensive backfield. I'm going with Carrington Valentine. Um, this is a week where Justin Jefferson's going to be handful. He always is. So somebody's going to have to be opportunistic. Wags, Valentine's been really good, I think, for this defense. And then he found himself last week um, kind of getting relegated back to the bench with, with Ja coming back and, and Eric Stokes coming back and, and all of that. But now Ja suspended. We need to call on the young man to ball out. So Carrington Valentine, I want to see him, um, you know, really, really get in the face and be aggressive and not, um, not less let somebody like a Justin Jefferson push him around. And if he's not on Jefferson very much, whoever a wide receiver two is, whether it's Addison or Osborne, whoever it is, um, we're really going to need to have a big game out of him. So Carrington Valentine legs, I would love to see him get an interception this week for this Packers defense, but regardless, he's going to have to have a big game for this Packers. So he's going to be uh, my um, leap tax factor this week on defense. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great selection. Okay. Um, so Dane, let's, yeah, let's, let's wrap this up here. We've got score predictions to get to. Um, we might have, we might have a couple more questions and some thoughts that came in on the chat if we have time to do that before we wrap up here. But, um, score predictions. It's going to be New Year's Eve, Sunday night primetime, Packers, Vikings, win or go home scenario for both teams. We're in Minneapolis. Uh, one of our, uh, you know, most hated places to go play a football Easy. game. And it's going to be just purely annoying with all the Viking fans out there on Sunday night. So I, I, I ask you, what is the recipe for the Packers to go in and let's make the Vikings drop the ball? on New Year's Eve and the Packers go out there and still win. I love that. I love it, Wags. I'll tell you what, I think that the recipe is going to be able, uh, is going to be, can the offense put together consistent drives? Can the offense stay on the field and, and frankly keep the defense off the field at certain important points uh, in the game? And, and that's what I think is going to be key. Can Jordan Love ball out on primetime TV? And I'll tell you what, I think he does. I think it's going to be criminally close. It's going to be an extremely close game. I think Jordan Love and the Packer offense are going to put up 24 points. And I think the Vikings are going to put up 23 points. And Jordan Love is going to drive this Packers team down late in the game. And I don't know if it's a Jordan Love touchdown. I don't know if it's an Andres Carlson field goal. I don't know exactly how it shakes out. But, Wags, it's going to be one of those nail-biter, heart-attack pack type of games on New Year's Eve. But Jordan Love, Mr. Calm, Mr. Cool, is going to make sure that the Packers take care of business. 24-23, Packers win. Stay alive, Chicago Bears, Week 18 for all the marbles. That's what we got this week. Yeah, wow. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, Dane. I did not expect (laughs) that the Packers and the Panthers were going to both score 30 points in last week's game. That was one of the last things I would have expected. I I wasn't surprised it was a close game, but (laughs) I thought first to 20 might have the best chance to win that one. Um, Sadly, it wasn't. So I I can't believe I'm saying this because I've given you a hard time all season for uh, picking the Packers to score a lot more points than I think they were going to. But I'm actually going to predict a higher score this week. I think both offenses probably scored more points than what you just said. Um, I, 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 what I'm hoping the difference is defensively. I'm not, I'm not confident that Joe Barry is going to all of a sudden put together a master game plan. But what I do think could be the difference is turnovers this week. Mm-hmm. So I think the Vikings are going to move the football. I think they're going to score. Uh, but I think turnovers, if they're, if the Packers are able to take care of football and get a couple of takeaways, that could be a real difference maker in this game. And I think that's going to be a big reason why this is going to be a, you know, a classic shootout here in, in Minnesota on Sunday night. And I don't know how many people will be paying attention on New Year's Eve, but. Um, I got the Packers coming away with a 35-31 win Whoa. in Minnesota. I don't, I, I don't know where it's coming from, Dane, but I, I think this is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be a shootout. And, uh, of course I'm going to back, back the pack, uh, to come away with the win and, and have one more week to, uh, next, we didn't talk playoffs this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they've got to win this game. I'm not going to give them the opportunity or the, we're, we're not talking playoff scenarios. If they win this game, we can talk playoff scenarios, uh, next week. Uh, but they've got to win this game first before I'm even going to get into that discussion. Wags, um, you know, before we wrap this up, can you believe in this such a transition season that it is December 27th and this game still matters for the Packers? I mean, that says a hell of a lot, I think, about uh, what Jordan Love and the offense particularly has been able to accomplish this year. Um, You know, if you told me before the season started, Christian Watson's down. For, you know, majority of the season, Aaron Jones only plays eight games going into, you know, week 16 or whatever. David Bakhtiari's done after week three and Jordan Love is the man standing and slinging touchdowns. I'd say I'm feeling pretty good about it. So, um, you know, regardless of what happens here and we want playoffs, right? But how about Jordan Love? We got to give him a little bit of dap right now because this has been awesome to watch because I, I really believe that we've got a guy in number 10 in Green Bay. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, Dane, it's going to be exciting to see what happens here. This is the exact scenario we were in last year with Aaron Rodgers as starting quarterback. And we got so close, yet we couldn't close it out at the end. It's hard to put together three straight wins in this league. It really is. Regular season playoffs, we know that's just a difficult thing to ask. Um, so. It starts this week. If they can do just enough to get a win, then we'll talk, uh, certainly. Uh, I don't think this is a team that realistically, even if they're able to sneak their way into the playoffs, um, I've been on record. I think they've had their chances. Uh, they, they are, they don't really, to me, aren't really a, a strong playoff team. Uh, doesn't mean I'll be any less excited if they get in. I'm rooting for it to happen. Uh, but realistically, uh, they've had their chances and, and this is a young team. This has been a transition year. Um, so anything that they're able to do to put themselves in a potential position to do it is gravy as far as I'm concerned, uh, from here on out. So, um, folks, um, I, I think we got to wrap up here. Paul, uh, you had some really good questions. Paul awesome. Miller in our Facebook chat at the end. I, I think what I'm going to ask you to do, Paul, is, um, Join us next Thursday night. We'll be back doing it on Thursday next week, I expect, 7.30 Central. Uh, join us at the top of the podcast. Throw those questions in. And I'll tell you what. If the Packers are still employing Joe Barry next Thursday night and we don't have a Jair Alexander suspension to talk about at the pop Pop podcast, I would be more than happy to feature that question and get into that discussion next Thursday night. But we're wrapping up here a little bit tonight. So that would open up probably a whole nother 30 minutes of discussion at this point. So Paul, save that one. Let's root for a Packer win this Sunday night and let's come back and have that conversation next Thursday. Uh, we'll see what the status is and we'll see what's, so we'll see where we're at. Um, and, and whether that's even a conversation or if, or maybe something's happened, that's probably not a good thing at that point, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, that's, that's kind of what we're expecting things to show out. So, uh, thanks so much, folks. Thanks for joining tonight. Really appreciate you. As always, be legendary and go pack. Go pack, go. go. Every year I know we gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.